Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon. Anyone who's been through the publishing process knows how stressful it can be. From finding the right journal to getting the word out there after it's all been done, publishing can be a lot to navigate. Our guest today is Dr. Zachary Crum, PhD, RN, a nurse educator and researcher for inpatient critical and acute care. Zach is currently an assistant professor of medicine and a nursing professional development practitioner at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles. Zach is also a member of ACNL's Research and Evidence-Based Practice, or EBP, committee, and the committee recently presented at ACNL's annual program, sharing advice for nurse researchers on how to optimize success during the publishing process. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us today. Thanks, Charlene. It's great to be here. Yes, and I want to start the conversation by talking a little bit more about the ACNL annual program. Congratulations on the presentation for you and your committee. And just wondering if you could share a little bit more about that presentation and who had contributed to that. Yeah, so it was a great time out in the desert. Uh, we were able to present not only a poster, but we did an oral presentation. So our lead author on the project, uh, Chris Latham, she's from uh, Cal State Fullerton, a professor emeritus, was out there along with Lena Najab Kawar, uh, who is from Kaiser Permanente. And then we also had Hannah Jang Kim, and she's also from Kaiser Permanente as well. Uh, so we we were able to show everybody uh, the poster that we had put together as, as a subcommittee of the ACNL Research and Evidence-Based Practice Committee. And then we were given the opportunity to um, to talk to a large group. And we got a, a lot of feedback on, on the, the, the program topics and uh, people were really interested. That's great to hear. And congratulations again. I know that that's a lot to present about. And you know, this topic is of interest because I know that there's a lot of nurses who may be interested in research and publication, but for nurses who may not have published before, what do you recommend as the first step for them? And should they be thinking about journals to submit to, collaborators to work with, and maybe just what topic to write about in the first place? Yeah, I think figuring out what topic to write about in the first place is probably the, the best step. And uh, I think the way to approach that is, is think about what what uh, keeps you up at night sort of a thing? What what are you constantly thinking about on your drive home? Um, what what burning questions do you have about your practice um, uh, are there in the back of your mind and you, you keep thinking about them on a day in a day out basis. So something that you're you're passionate about, I guess you would say, and then something that you could definitely see uh, looking at in a really in-depth manner over a long period of time and not sort of get tired of uh, so that interest still stays peaked. Um, I think that would be important thing to, uh, those are important things to think about when trying to figure out a topic. In terms of what collaborators to work with, you want to look for people that um, basically have that sort of interest that you do, maybe not to that same extent, um, but maybe you've had prior conversations with them about a certain topic and they were like, yeah, I was wondering that too. So those are great people to get, to get involved uh, in the project. Um, and then in terms of collaborators, you might want to look at if you're thinking about doing a certain uh, certain statistical method or you're looking to write a certain type of paper, uh, you would want to look for people in, in your organization or within your, your peer group, your colleagues that uh, have experience with that type of uh, methodology or that type of writing. Um, they can only make the process potentially easier. 
And then, and then from there, you're going to be looking at your, your journals, which ones to submit with, submit to. So based on the topic, there's probably a journal or a, a group of uh, healthcare providers that um, would potentially subscribe or would potentially uh, take a look at what you're interested in writing. So uh, you can use, uh, you can use a simple Google search or Google Scholar search to, to look at a, a topic and it should give you the, the journal titles. And you can take a look at those different those different journals and sort of get a list of the ones that might be best uh, to select in order to submit to. And then there's some other factors you consider in terms of narrowing down those journals to find out which is the best and maybe pick the top three or top four. Um, and I think that's how you should probably proceed. Sounds great. So really some some kind of self-awareness, some kind of soul searching involved in really thinking about which topic you want to choose. And then use, using the resources that we have at hand, including Google Scholar and a lot of accessible tools to help narrow that down. And so another question is that um, nurses may have listening, how do you choose a journal that's the right fit for your research and what factors should you consider? That's a great question. And a lot of people think about that in terms of like which journal would would accept the the work that we're trying to do. And it, and it takes a, a long time to get that uh, work together. So you want to make sure that you have a really high chance of getting that publication um, uh, accepted or that manuscript accepted. So to choose a journal to start out, you can look at impact factor. That's one uh, option. And the impact factor is uh, basically a calculation uh, on the number of um, citations a article would have within a journal over a certain amount of time. So high impact journals have uh, very high scores. And therefore, it's most likely a little bit more difficult to get into those journals. So if that's something you're shooting for, um, then you would look at impact factor. And there's a couple of different resources online. One of them is the uh, Clarivate Journal Citation Report. And that's sort of the, the definitive website to go to to figure out what the impact factor of the different journals that are out there. So the other thing that you can look at is who would be the best um group served by what you're writing about. So uh, are you looking at um, a cardiovascular critical care? So then you might want to gear your your submission towards journals of, of that topic, or maybe it's in the outpatient oncology setting. So you would look and see if you could find journals that that spoke to membership that had experience in those areas. So you want to increase your chances of getting into those journals. So you want to specifically look for membership that would be interested in what you're writing about. Um, one of the things you do want to be careful of is predatory journals. So there are um, sort of, uh, there's bodies uh, out there that are looking for for articles and they could be looking for participation in conferences such as presentations and uh they may not be uh they may, may not be real actually they may not actually exist and those are often mm -hmm. associated with uh open access journals where you would you would pay in order to get your publication or your your presentation uh published and you end up paying and you actually don't get to publish and you don't actually go to Phoenix or whatever it is in order to present. Um, so you have to be careful with that. There are some uh, websites that are online. There's a, there's a committee online. It's called the Committee on Publication Ethics. Uh, the acronym for that is COPE. And they have this great website called Think, Check, Submit. And you're able to go on that website and you can take a look. So if you get an email and it says, hey, we would love to have you submit your your dissertation, 
uh, for our uh, journal, you can go and look on that website to see if that journal is actually legitimate. So it's super, super important to, to do that and to do your due diligence to make sure you end up, uh, you don't end up paying for something that, that won't actually happen. Those are great suggestions. And it sounds like there's a lot that really goes into finding that right fit for your journal publication, finding the right fit for your research. And have you personally had that difficulty in finding a journal that was a good fit for your research? And if so, how did you address that challenge? Yeah, I, I actually have. Um, one of the examples that I could give is that I, I recently uh, did a scoping review, which is sort of like, um, it's not a meta-analysis, it's not an integrative review, it's basically using everything that could potentially be out there in in the media zone in terms of gray literature, it could be uh, randomized control trials, it could be um, uh, mixed method studies, anything that's out there, that's all included. And uh, based on some author's recommendation, there's two or three different ways in order to do a proper scoping review. And uh, when I was ready for the publication process, and this was uh, this was for school, so it was basically just me, it was nobody else, I was looking for journals in order to submit it to. And uh, come to find out, a lot of journals may not accept reviews. So mm. only certain review, uh, excuse me, so only certain journals uh, accept reviews and sort of like case studies. Um, and if they do accept it, in my case, they would accept a review. I had to write it in accordance with Prisma guidelines, which are accepted guidelines for certain review studies. And I sort of almost had to rewrite my entire manuscript in order to meet those, those guidelines. So what I had done prior to this is I reached out to the librarian and I said, hey, I need to, I need to publish this because it's a requirement of, of my schooling. Can you help me out with this? Um, there's another website that I use called uh, Jane, um, and that gives you uh, the ability to take your abstract or your outline and put it into a, um, I believe it's, a, it's an algorithmic search engine, and it'll give you some hits in terms of the best journals out there to submit it to. So I use the resources that I had. I also um, spoke to some of the mentors that I've had in the past in terms of like, where should this go? Um, and luckily, I was finally able to submit it to to a journal and the manuscript was accepted. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, because I, I do feel that um, nurses may not know all the resources that are out there to help with this process. So I definitely agree with utilizing a medical librarian that may be working in your healthcare organization or with your employer, uh, working with your school of nursing to leverage some of those resources that could be really helpful in this process. So those are all really important recommendations. And just in general, how, you know, you spoke about the impact factor earlier. In general, how do you, you know, just talking about impact, how do you maximize the impact of your research by sharing, you know, through various channels, such as social media, conferences, and academic networks? What, what can you t um, walk us a little bit through that process? Sure. I think especially, and we we alluded to it in the in the poster in the presentation, with that formation of a team, you are more likely to have more people involved that have more ideas and a better division of labor. So you may go into it thinking that, hey, we're going to put together this manuscript. Somebody might not be super interested or they may not have a lot of time in order to help with that manuscript. But you know what? There's two other abstracts that could come of this manuscript. You know that we could present this manuscript potentially in two other ways. So 
when you, when you go into that development phase, don't be limited to the to the product you think you're going to have. Think about how you could you could disseminate that information um, in the best possible way. So, what are all of the venues? What are all the different ways that you could communicate uh, uh, the project as a whole? Once the once the manuscript has been published and it's and it's out there, if you're using an open access manuscript, anybody who uh, does a search for that topic or a search for your name online would be able to access it. If you use uh, uh, a subscription-based uh, journal, then you're going to get exposure to all those people that have subscribed to the journal, or maybe that people that work at a academic medical center or a medical center that has a large library, or maybe you, you work at a, a nursing school or something like that, where they have access to all those databases. So in order to increase your the exposure of the work that you've done there's always uh social media platforms like like linkedin uh there's another one out there called ResearchGate, which is sort of like linkedin for researchers um that's super popular another thing that uh people have used in the past that i've seen is that they go to their professional organizations and they get on the forums there and they're browsing the forums and then they look for opportunities to say oh i see you have this question about this or you're looking to do this sort of a study, you know what? I did something similar to it. Here's the here's the link to my work. Um, so you can use the professional organizations that you're associated with in order to sort of spread the word of of the 13 or 16 months of your life you just spent doing this this massive project. That's great. And I personally like to use LinkedIn and I see LinkedIn used a lot for sharing about publications. They do have a section there where you could put all of your published work and list that out. So lots of different ways that you could leverage um, exposure of this work. So that's great to consider. And I think in many cases, publishing the research is a starting point, right? And I, I wanted to know, how can you use your published research as a springboard for future projects or collaborations? That's a good question. I think that with with publication, you're you're obviously putting your name and your group's name out there, and people always have the opportunity um, from for pretty much most journals that are out there in order to contact you and ask you questions uh, about your work. And they always teach you. Well, I've always been taught in school. Like if you have a question about the the, the literature that you're reading, or maybe you have an idea and you're like, I wonder what this person thinks about it. Uh, like my nursing professors always told me, reach out. Like there's an email on there for a reason. And these people are often very, and myself included, very excited about sharing their work. And they want other people, especially those that are interested in the work, um, to have conversations with. They, they they encourage that and they they find it interesting. And then I think you could potentially build build, a, uh, build collaborative relationships um, with people that way. That's a great point. And I, I do think people may not consider the fact that contact information is listed on those publications and you can reach out to other nurse researchers who have published their work. I've done that for certain pieces of research that I was interested in. And I think that's a great tool. So if people want to connect with others and collaborate on similar topics, that's one great way to do so. And I did want to ask, too, what are some best practices for responding to feedback and engaging with readers after your research has been published? I know you talked about, you know, you could collaborate and communicate with them, um, maybe by their contact information on the publication. Any other um, best practices you might recommend to engage with people or uh, responding to feedback? 
Yeah, sure. So there's a way that uh, readers can interact with the authors uh, for most journals where they can do um, the, the comments section or they write a letter to the editor and they they have a, they have a question or they have a different perspective on the uh, the article that you wrote. Um, what's what's good about that? And I've had other colleagues that were very, very hesitant to that because they, they were concerned of the interaction and whether or not it would be collegial or uh, collegial or not or professional. And um, I think it's important to know that most journals keep it exceptionally professional and um, it's it's more of a, a, a fact finding and a, and a sharing of knowledge uh, relationship with journals to the editor. I'm sorry, editors, uh, letters to the editor. Um, so there's a bit of a filter. So if you're concerned about that, the stuff that comes in will be professional. And then um, the response to it is going to be edited by the editor as well. So uh, your response will be will be edited. Um, and you would bring be bringing that team back in that helped you help you write that paper, right? You help you write that manuscript to decide how best to respond to this person who has a question or they see things in a different way. Um, so it's not something that, although you might be the first author on the paper, it's not something that you uh, should feel that you're solely responsible to do that. I recently found out that that organization that I talked about before, the Committee on Publication uh, Ethics, COPE, they actually have uh, guidelines and flowcharts on their website specifically to help you deal with comments to the to the authors and letters to the editors and how to respond to them in appropriate ways, which is sort of interesting. And I think that would be that would be a great resource. That's great to keep in mind. And and I do think that's a one aspect after publication, you know, that people might not lean into because of, you know, the interactions that they may get from the audience. But those are great resources to consider and to keep in mind. And as we wrap up today, I wanted to open up the conversation to you and see if you had any additional comments, feedback or recommendations for any nurses who are interested in the research process or in publishing a research paper. Sure. I think one of the things that's important when you you have your team together, you might have put a timeline together. You would work backwards. You have your your um, submission date, um, and you would start maybe with a, a letter to the editor with an outline of what you're thinking and say, "Hey, does this does this match your journal? Does this match your membership? Would people be interested in in looking at this?" It's always important to, and, and I found this to be definitely true. Towards the end, always um, anticipate that depending on which journal you submit to, you're going to have to change your manuscript into the style of writing that they require. And as we all know, most likely, um, APA is quite a beast. And to go from APA to AMA to MLA um, in order to um, in order to meet the requirements of the journal does take, take some time. Uh, there are resources to help you do that. There's there's editors and there's, um, there's uh, programs on the internet and applications that can help you do that. Uh, but but with that, if you have if you're if you're dead set on one journal and you know that they they have you publish an AMA, then you're you're good to go and you start that from the beginning. So your entire team is writing an AMA and, th and then you should be all right with that. Um, but always have the consideration is that if you don't get into that journal and you have to submit it to another one, maybe your second and third choices are in a different style, build that time in, especially if you're on a strict deadline in terms of when you want to get that thing submitted. That's great. Wonderful considerations. And I do hope that 
these recommendations and suggestions that you shared really inspire and encourage nurses who may be listening or aspiring nurses or nursing students who are listening to get involved in research and um, just to be reassured that there's a lot of resources out there and a lot of people who are willing to help support this process. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us today. And we really appreciate having you and hope to have you back. Thanks. It was great talking to you, Charlene. Thanks for the opportunity. And our guest today was Dr. Zachary Crum, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Nursing Professional Development Practitioner at Cedars-Sinai. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at socialmedia at acnl.org and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook at ACNL Nurse. And as always, if you like the show, please remember to rate, review, and share. ACNL in Action is presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders with new episodes on the first Friday of every month. To learn more about the show or ACNL in general, visit us at acnl.org. Thank you for listening.